good energy. I know I won't fall asleep because we're doing my favourite story ever this week, Ben. Okay. I'm so excited. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm born ready. This is Ben's bedtime stories. And I really apologise to everyone who has heard me say this story a million times. But we're doing Mary Vincent. <laughs> Which I tell everyone. Absolutely everybody. I told um, my client at work this the other day. Um, not just... Um, you know, she wanted to hear it. She told me she was into true crime and I was like, <gasps> I have a story to tell you. Um, and one of my best friends becca i love it because if we're ever out together and i go have you heard of mary vincent and i can see her rolling her head in my eyes right now because she's rolling her it. eyes in your head you mean that's what i meant because she's literally heard it so many times she's like, oh my god she's gonna tell the story again yes i'm gonna tell the story again because i love it okay so um i even google mapped this place earlier and it literally is like in the middle of nowhere so, September the 29th, 1978, Mary Vincent is 15 years old and she comes from Las Vegas. Um, her parents work there at the casinos and she is hitchhiking. Down um, a long and lonesome road. <laughs> the biggest long road I've ever seen. It's ridiculous. Please tell me you get that reference. No, Otherwise, I'm going to have to stop this podcast right Why? now. What is it? Tenacious D. I've seen that film once, Ben, Not when I was about 15. Not the film, the song. We was hitchhiking down oh, shit, a long yeah. and lonesome yeah, no, road. I know what you mean, yeah. Okay. Get out um, of the house. I'm sorry. We're, we're stopping this podcast now. Andrea's going to go find somewhere else to live. Mm-hmm. No, a longer road than even that. It's ridiculous. I'll show you on Google Maps later. Um, yeah, so she's hitchhiking from Berkeley, California... Um, back to Las Vegas, I think. I think and that should be Barclay. I'm Barclay. not sure. I know it's spelled Berkeley, but, but I'm yeah. sure it's Barclay. Okay. So, do you know the geography, sort of? I get a rough idea of California, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, uh, van stops, and it is Lawrence Singleton. He's about 50. He's a merchant marine by trade. Um, he's got a fairly kind smile and says, Oh, yeah, I have a daughter your age. Um, I'm heading over to Reno, but I'll change direction and help you go back to um, to I Las Vegas. Which, the, oh, big red flags anyway, because why would somebody drive hundreds of miles out of their way if they're going complete opposite direction? You just wouldn't, would you? No. So, anyway. Um... Everything seems fine at first. Um, she's in the van, just chatting away with him, has a cigarette, and then she sneezes at one point, and he leans over and feels her neck and asks her if she's ill. And she instantly is, like, really uneasy, like, get the hell off me. Um, and because they're driving for so long, she falls asleep. And when she wakes up, he has driven well off course. They're in the middle of nowhere. Um, and she finds a stick like in the footwell of the car and she picks it up and holds it to his neck and says, um, change which way you're going now, go back the other way. Um, and he says to her, I'm, look, I'm just an honest guy, I just made a mistake. <laughs> just, 
just accidentally drove. <laughs> Hundreds of miles the wrong direction. All right, Dominic, what's your name? <laughs> Dominic, what's your name? What's his name? Andrea, political satire is not what people come to this podcast for, but his name is Dominic Cummings. All right, okay. Well, if you get a name like Oh, yeah, that's a funny name. <laughs> also, there were so many fucking great titles about his comings and goings. <laughs> <laughs> you miss oh. out on these things. Look, I tell the stories, you tell the jokes, okay? We'll stick to what we're good at. Sometimes you tell jokes too. Sometimes. But no. There we go, that's my one attempted joke for the night. Um, he stops the van at one point because he needs to go and piss somewhere. And she realises that her shoelace is untied, so she thinks, damn, if I'm going to have to run away from this guy, I best make sure that my shoelaces are tied up. So she does that up quickly. And whilst um, she's tying up her shoelace, he knocks her on the back of the head and punctures her till she passes out. Um, when she wakes up, he forces her to perform oral sex on him um, and says if she doesn't do it, she's going to die. And then he drags her to the back of the van and rapes her and says if you scream i'm gonna kill you um if you want to live you have to obey me so after this he then um ties her hands together uh, like her wrists together and he carries on driving um eventually they stop somewhere um he unties her wrists and orders her to drink something from this plastic container which he's drugged um, and then she falls unconscious and he just repeatedly rapes her that night. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, when she comes around later on... Um, well, I can see why this is your favourite story. <laughs> <laughs> just picture you there on fucking Decades Dance floor going, so he just rapes her repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's... I'm too busy dancing to Greece. I don't have time to be telling murder stories on dance balls, Ben. So, he orders her when she wakes up again to lie down at the side of the road. And um, as she's walking over, she's begging him, just just let me go. Um, just please set me free. And he says to her, you want to be set free? I'll set you free. And he goes to the back of his van and he pulls out a hatchet. And... Not what I meant, mate. <laughs> no. Um, and the, there's this TV episode about her and, and she's talking and she says that he um, he took one swing at her left arm um, and she sort of grabbed his arm really tight and she started to fall. And she says, um, even though I held on to him like I was still falling, and I looked down at my arm and there was nothing there. There was just blood squirting out. And she said she could feel everything. She could feel how hot it was and how much it was burning and the pain. Um, he'd severed her left arm below the elbow. Um, then he takes hold of her right arm and she starts kicking and screaming him. Which means it took more than a couple of swings to try and chop off that arm. Oh. Yeah. Um, when he's done, she could see him flinging his arm around. And she realises that um, he's flicking his arm around because her left arm is still clutching onto him, even though it's not attached to her. Fucking hell. Yeah. So it's good, get it off, get it off. Yeah, he was trying to flick it off. Um, he then drags her and 
throws her off the edge of a 30 foot cliff by the edge of this road um, because they're in oh god I can't think what it's called now I thought I had a written down but maybe I don't oh okay it's the it's near the it's the del puerto puerto is that you say porto how do you pronounce that I think word it might be puerto you know del puerto time. canyon um so yeah he chucks her off the edge of this cliff the fall breaks four of her ribs um and she's obviously like naked broken bones missing arms um and the blood loss is sending her body into shock and she passes out There's a bad bit then. Um, so she's ended up in this concrete pike at the bottom of a ravine. Um, and she's just laying there profusely bleeding and she's all on her own. So she rubs her like elbow stumps in the mud to stop them bleeding. She walks three miles out of the culvert in the canyon. Um, she follows the sounds of the freeway and she's only got the light of the moon to guide her. She holds her arms up above her head to keep the bleeding to a minimum. And the first car to spot her just fucking keeps driving because it's so scared because there's this... Too fucking right. Some... Naked like, lady with her arms chopped stump off. Stump arms bleeding down. Just, yeah. And it probably looked like she was like waving around and I bet she looked a little bit maniacal at the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You would be like, uh, fuck no, fuck I'm out of it. Yeah. Mind you, you'd have to weigh up. She has no arms at this point. What is she going to do to you? <laughs> do you know what I mean? What do you have to gain by going, excuse me? You're right, love. Sorry, what do you have to lose, sorry, by going, are you, are you okay? <laughs> so the second car that stops, um, it's a couple that are on their honeymoon. <laughs> Lovely. Um, they wrap her up in stuff they've got in their car and they drive her to the nearest airport because this presumably is... Presumably all condoms. <laughs> <laughs> Condoms and bondage. <laughs> oh no! Because <laughs> um, this is they, That'd they be have handy in that situation. <laughs> handy. <laughs> She's got no hands, but exactly that was the joke. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so that would be handy. I wasn't talking ah. about a handy. Oh yeah, I thought you I meant, meant like, like you know condoms, like just pop it over the edge of the stubs. And... Oh yeah, that would have been good. Probably not. I'm also forgetting they didn't actually have them in the car, so this is all hypothetical. <laughs> like, oh damn, why didn't they use that to what? help her with the bleeding? No, they didn't have those. Okay. Little condom stumps. <laughs> well, I've seen someone fit one over a post box before. So they stretch far. So do you remember when there was always like one kid who is always like... I don't, I don't oh, know if we should be using the word kid here. Okay, not kid, but there was always someone at school who's like, yeah, I have to buy extra large ones because my cock's so big. And it's like, mate, they go over the top of a letterbox. <laughs> you do not have that big a dick that you don't fit in a normal a normal condom. No? Just my school? Okay. Uh, <laughs> just your Christian school? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My very devout religious school. How many of your classmates got pregnant for around 17? About eight. <laughs> Out of... <laughs> Uh, what out? Well, out of wedlock, all of them. But <laughs> no, I mean out of like thirty. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not good. Um, some of which are obviously boys. Oh yeah, that's not even including the boys. <laughs> Damn, that was a lot. I've lost my trail of thought. <laughs> <laughs> 
stumps? Stumps. Yeah, they wrap her up. Yeah, oh, okay, that's it. So they take her to the nearest airport to ring for an ambulance, which made me think, why the fuck? It's 1978. They didn't have phones then. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, And when they, when the ambulance got there, all she could say was, he's raped me. Not, he's fucking cut my limbs off. He's raped me. She gave My joke, I guess she doesn't have to say that, does she? What? You've got to see that. It doesn't have to be explained. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, She gave such a detailed description of him that people immediately recognised the police sketch of him, so he was found. Um, she was fit with pro- fit with prosthetic arms and returned to school. Isn't that mental? Does she have the strength to go back? I mean, yeah, I feel like you. Just I mean, alright, she's got the strength to be thrown off a thirty foot cliff, both her arms like cut off, be repeatedly raped, and yeah, still walk fucking how many miles in the fucking moonlight to. But yeah. Yeah, that's all her strength gone. I would be like, look, give me a bit of a break. I've done enough. Yeah, I want to go lay in bed. And watch Netflix. <laughs> exactly. Obviously, that wasn't an option for her. But <laughs> just to jam the remote with their elbow. No, she has prosthetic arms at this point, so she. No, I mean Netflix that. didn't exist then. Oh right, know. yeah, no. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so in court, she testified against him, and Singleton insisted that she was a prostitute, and he called her a ten-dollar-a-night whore. Um, How ironic that his name's Singleton in this situation. That is. Well, there's not much that is known about him apart from that he had alcohol problems and was divorced twice. Um, He did have a daughter. I couldn't really find much on him. Um, She stood in court, pointed one of her prosthetic arms at him, and only referred to him as her attacker. He was convicted of kidnapping, attempted murder, and rape. As she left the courtroom, he leans over to her and he says... I'll finish the job if it takes me the rest of my life. Fucking scary. Um, when she graduates school, she moves away. She became really secretive about her life and her location. She ended up anorexic. She feared leaving her house. Um, Singleton was sentenced to 14 years, but he only served eight because he was a... What kind of Model prisoner? citizen. Model prisoner. Oh, yeah. fuck off. Um, he still claimed he was innocent. He never raped or dismembered her. He's, you know, um, he still has no remorse at all. Um, towns in California actually refused to allow him to live there because there was such an uproar. So he eventually spent his parole in a trailer on the prison grounds. Yeah. Imagine that. I'm free! (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the frustrating bit. Whilst he's in his little trailer, he files with the courts to sue Mary, saying that she was threatening to accuse him of rape, and he filed a complaint for forcible kidnap for the purposes of robbery. He feigned sympathy for Mary, claiming that he almost vomited quite a few times and he couldn't sleep after filing this. But the course dismissed that claim. So, luckily that was taken no further. Because, I mean, the audacity. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? That's the thing about these people, though, isn't it? They're like narcissists, aren't they? They've, yeah. They've got, like, no sense of, like, reality or 
shame or anything like mm. that. It's just. It seems to be either one way or the other. It's either no, I didn't do that. I'm the victim, or, um, yes, I was wrong, but I found God now. Oh, so. Yeah. I and and am... he really loves murderers and rapists. You know, he's a big fan of those people. Well, I mean, because they said sorry. Yeah. So that's okay. Mm-hmm. All is forgiven. <sighs> okay, so he, um, his daughter actually finds out about this, and she even moved house after his release. She spoke out about what a danger this man was, and she even asked the prison um, if they could hold him for longer or do something, and they told her to file a restraining order. So her words were, Sorry, but I mean this quite sarcastically. I tell you he's a danger. I say that before his first crime. I've changed my name multiple times and moved across state lines. And you suggest a piece of paper that will tell him exactly where I am, what my name is, and not to come within, say, 300 feet of me? Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, this is not. This is clearly somebody who doesn't particularly care about certain laws. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's not going to go, oh, well, I better not go near you then, because, you know... This paper says so. I might get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Been in prison. And got out early. Yeah. He... So, yeah, he can't live in California because people obviously know about him. So he moves back to his home state in Florida. In 1990, this... Yeah, there's no... What? It makes me so angry I can't get it out. In 1990, he spends two years in prison... For the theft of a hat that is worth three dollars. So he spends what seven years for right eight years for dismembering, dismembering and all the horrific things he did to her, leaving her to die like that, and he gets two years for the equivalent of what? Shoplifting. Not even a beer. I don't know how much beer is in America, but I don't know. It's like three pounds a over here, isn't it? Yeah. So for a fucking so half, a, half a pint. Half a pint. That's disgusting. I don't know what the pounds on the dollar now, but we're getting into the specifics that I feel aren't that important. Well, it's just infuriating. That's like a quarter of the time for a cheap object. When, I mean, that's essentially like... <laughs> this hat is worth more than you. Yeah, that's like one hand to her. Because that's a quarter of the time that he spent in prison for chopping off both her arms. It's just, how can you... Was it, Were this pre-DNA days? It was there not anything for the rape as well? Oh, I guess he can't... No, he got done for that. Right. But, yeah, I think DNA was sort of like late 80s, early 90s. I could be wrong. But it's fairly new. So, no. But, I mean, the girl had no arms. So there's quite enough evidence. So, um, in 1997, he lures um, a young woman called Roxanne Hayes um, to his home and he attacks her um, to the point that the neighbours can hear that something is going on, so they ring the police. Um, and when police arrive, they find him covered in blood by Roxanne's dead body. Um, she was a mother of three, and she had been stabbed multiple times in her torso. Um, 
so he's finally this time convicted of murder and Mary um, goes to court and testifies at this case as well and he is finally given the sentence he's to go on death row um, but he annoyingly dies of cancer in 2001 which is just fucking frustrating like kind of wish he'd spent 40 years on death row like yeah. a lot of them do do we um, know what type of, but to be fair though they, they they have a tendency to treat death row prisoners quite well don't they yeah because they like know that they're getting them eventually anyway so they feel like yeah, they don't need to true. treat them like shit but usually like general prisoners get it a little bit worse don't they yeah see all these death row prisoners on like couches with fucking playstations in their cells and stuff yeah like their cause... cells are normal and I think because they're kept separate as well I think the thing they're with the death row is that obviously they need to be so careful, don't they? That they don't fucking like it, it's so irreversible that they yeah like they need to make sure that fresh evidence doesn't come out and stuff like that. So they keep them on death row for fucking ages, don't they? Which is ridiculous. I mean, if you find somebody covered in blood next to a dead body, and they've already been in prison for chopping off someone's arms, like yeah, yeah, you probably did it. Yeah. <sighs> um. It's kind of sad because Mary, when she was younger, really wanted to be a dancer. But part of her leg, and I couldn't figure out which part or whatever they meant, but part of her leg was actually used to reconstruct part of her arms for the prosthetics. So it meant that she couldn't dance. Um, She suffered with depression for years. She did get married, but she divorced. Um, She had two sons. And she is now an artist. She paints and sketches, and her work is valued at at least two thousand pounds a piece. Wait, well, so they reconstructed her arms? Pounds. No, they well they reconstructed something, I guess, so the prosthetics could be fit to her arms. Okay. But I couldn't find any information about the ins and outs of that. Um, and yeah, now her work is valued at at least two thousand dollars a piece. Isn't that cute? Well, just because of the fact that she could do any art at all. Well, yeah. to, you know, it's not even victim blaming, but like victim mocking. Yeah. But the fact that she can do any kind of art in the situation. I know, I was watching this girl on TikTok earlier doing her makeup with her foot. And I thought, I can't even do it with my hands properly. And there's people that can do it with a foot. Or do things with prosthetic arms. Ah, see, I do mine with my foot all the time. You do a good job then. Yeah. You don't need to tell me, I already know. These are just... just, (laughs) These are facts. A fact is a fact. Uh Uh-huh. You know? But... That is my most favourite story of Mary Vincent. It's a little bit shorter than the usual It is a little bit, yeah. Um, But... I don't know if I showed you, there was... I feel a little glossed over the poor, like, second girl as well. Like, oh, it's a survivor story, but... (laughs) Yeah, well, there wasn't really much on her, I think, because I saw her on um, I Survived and then heard about it on the My Favourite Murder podcast and there's not really I mean she's quite secretive now I don't think <laughs> you would be to be fair yeah in case there's of... any fucking freaky fucking like copycat killers that think they're going to yeah. go back because you get novels out haven't you yeah you get people in all walks of life that are just fucking revolting horrible characters that just sort of seem to see some affinity with, like, the the bad and the evil and everything in, in this world. And they always try to find ways to humanise and make people think that it's okay. Well, well like, not exactly, I mean, not even really remotely the same, but you know the whole thing with Kobe Bryant and his daughter, mm. um, obviously dying in the, in the helicopter crash? Yeah. Somebody put 
on the comment section that one of my friends um, showed me a screenshot of and it said, oh, fly high, Kobe. Oh, no, wait, you tried that once. It didn't work out too well for you. That's and gross. then, like, went on to say about um, his daughter, apparently, at some point. I didn't see the comment section. I just saw the, the like, that one individual thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, a lot of the lads were like, oh, that's fucking disgusting. He's scum and stuff like that. And then someone was like, oh, I hope he gets arrested for that remark. And uh, someone was like, why? Because that's a sick joke to make. I've rested for a joke on Facebook. That's ridiculous. I'm like, Mm. is it though? There's just, there's so many people in this world that are like, I mean, to be fair, the person in question, I get, I get the point that you're saying, like, if you, you are just saying something on Facebook, it's a little bit of a waste of time Mm. compared to a lot of actual crimes and stuff like that. And I did sort of say that myself, so it's a little bit of a waste of police time when there's so many other things they can be dealing with. Um, but it, it almost like looked for a second it was like oh we'll stick up for that person it's just a weird well one of the true crime groups someone on facebook um this person had and there's a lot of weird things on there there's been people that have bought real human skulls before and they've shown them off and been like look what i have and i don't know that's maybe a little bit too morbid for me i don't know if i'd want a real skull and they found out like you can buy it from these certain people um, online and not all countries allow you to buy them and the background she had on this skull she'd had that her her partner had bought her as a present of all things um, he'd been like caved in with an axe or something in his head and I just think yeah but that's still that's happened to someone but it wasn't the point I was getting to somebody on one of these true crime groups because um, a lot of people sort of see certain things and they're like whoa even that's too far for me She'd decorated her dining room with um, big canvases and like posters and stuff on her walls of Jeffrey Dahmer, and <laughs> one of them was like the contents of his fridge. What? And everyone was going, "Nah, you're fucked up. That's that's is that really the contents of his fridge in your dining room? Like, there's there's being interested in true crime and there's fucking decorating your dining room to look like Jeffrey Dahmer's house. Like, yeah, why would you do it? Too far." That's way it's too far. It's also hero worship, isn't it? Putting posters yeah. off of them and stuff like that. I had a poster of Green Day for fuck's sake, not Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, and that in itself has had a subconscious effect because now I've got green hair. Well, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I don't know if I told you, I found this. Um, I can't think where it was, somewhere online, and they actually do this print on like hoodies and t-shirts and stuff. And you know that wartime poster of the woman in the denim shirt and she's got the um, handkerchief thing on her head, like the, oh, yeah, what yeah. you call it, yeah. And she's like holding her fist up and it was like strong women or something. It was like all the yeah, labour exactly they used to do yeah. in, in the war, yeah. Um, but it's a picture of Mary Vincent as that girl and she's like holding up her prosthetic arm. And I thought that's so cool, I would love that. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Because she's she's been through like fucking worse than hell and back and yeah okay maybe she obviously is gonna no normal person would come out the other side of that and not have problems but that's fucking amazing that she survived yeah 100% and I think that's why I love that story so much and I know that will not be the last time I say that story and (laughs) I'm already excited about the next 
stranger I meet that when they tell me they like true crime, I'm going to say, but have you heard of Mary Vincent? Yeah, he said to the, he said this about um, to Danny, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Oh, hi, Danny, because she listens. Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, what's your happy thought this week, Ben? My happy thought is football-related again. Shock. Um, because... Um, we had a game of football today and I came on and I got an absolutely beautiful perler of an assist. Um, you know, just I played generally really well and it was just so good to be back out on the pitch again and like getting sharper and feeling fitter and knowing that the, the sort of the hard work that I've been putting in with like, alright, I've been a little bit lax with the diet sometimes but a lot of the times where I have made compromises to do with the diet or going out for runs and stuff like that is starting to pay off and I'm starting to get sh- get back to where I wanted to be because I have been in such a dark place. Yeah. Um, what's yours? I'm going to make you feel really guilty now. Oh. It was our wedding anniversary yesterday. Yeah, I know, but that's not my happy <laughs> thought. Because no, because no, I have spoiled. some sort of bug and <laughs> we went out for dinner and Ben always sort of says to me every year, like, where do you want to go? And I'm always really underwhelming. I'm like, it's fine. Let's just go to our local pub and we'll go get a burger and a pint for a fiver. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not really fussed. I don't mind as long as like we're together. It's, it's cool. And um, so we decided to go down to our local pub and go and have dinner. And I already wasn't feeling well from the day before. So I hadn't eaten that day. And then we went to a, a kid's birthday party and stupidly... Um, drank two bowls of beer because I'm just really polite and Ben's friends were really nice and gave me a Stella and a Heineken it's not so to do with them. politeness you just like and drinking I love a beer. Bevs so <laughs> pretending like it's their fault I'm not having that at all <laughs> and then um, yeah I realised eating this packet of Pombers it was the first thing I'd eaten since um, the day before when I'd had this Chinese that possibly may have made me feel a bit rough and then um, we went out for dinner and whilst Ben was ordering at the bar I ran to the bathroom to go and throw up and then sat there and ate half a sirloin steak and we came home <laughs> oh and then um, and then it turns out that my niece was in hospital because she's got some sort of viral infection so we came home anyway and my brother-in-law was over and we chatted with him for a bit because he can't go into the hospital with his with my sister and niece because of fucking Covid so, um, but yeah, all in all, happy wedding anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> That's purposely why that wasn't my happy thought. Ah. Well, that's okay. We still have next weekend. We and, do. I mean, it depends on, I guess, how prepared I am with the next weekend's podcast we do on Sunday or the day after because we are away next weekend. So, I'm coming back Sunday morning for football. Fuck off. No, I'm no, kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, just I'll, I'll try and be really prepared because I literally wrote this about... I think I've been on-off sleeping today and I woke up at half four and then wrote it between then and now and, and was not prepared, but that's fine. We got there in the end. Right. You're right, Ben. I'm drifting off. Told you. I'm cuddled up under my blanket. 
And the second you hit that, you assume the sleeping position. Mm. <laughs> like, no matter what you're doing at any time of any given day, including Christmas or anything else, if you're sitting there in the, on that bit of the sofa under your blanket with anything to read... You've got to have a Christmas nap, though. I, mean, I can't begrudge you a Christmas nap, but... It's... Mm, I love a Christmas nap. <laughs> Just not right while the kids are opening their presents. <laughs> I love that afternoon full of food, sleepy. Oh my god, it's 125 days, I think. I'm sure that's what I read earlier. Oh my god, you know what that means we can do at Christmas? John Bonet. What? John Bonet. Because that was a Christmas murder. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Ready for fresh milk or bone? Born ready. Okay, one, two, three. Goodbye. Back off. 